Hey guys. Hello everyone. Hello everyone. Greetings. This is Connor again. That's Funky. And welcome to the Voice It Show. Hope you guys are having a great time. And it's so cool. Running in from different parts of the world. Hi, Anders. And I see Ray over there. So cool to see you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And to see you here and if you're joining us and if you're new to our channel first of all thank you for tuning in and uh, we wholeheartedly welcome you and subscribe to our channel if at all i am pointing in the right direction after There's all <laughs> these years somewhere in the corner you might see a button and you want to click it so thank you so much for tuning in and First of all, we want to give a huge shout out to our patrons for supporting us, Funky. Exactly. A special shout out goes to Anders Lindholm, Adam Gorak, Shelley O'Neill, Chris Vickery, and of course, Laurie Sandoval. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, moving on to our special guest. Yeah. Should we so, introduce? Let's course. go ahead, Funky. Uh, our special guest of today is described as the most successful musician under 30 by Forbes India. At a tender age somewhere in the world, when regular kids were doing their school homework, at the same age Mahini Day was recording bass parts for Mr. A.R. Rahman. Uh, she has worked professionally in the music industry for over 16 years. Uh, she's also the member of the biggest rock band in Japan called Bees. Yeah, and Mohini has played on over 60 movies and albums worldwide. She has worked with international artists, Ustad Zakir Hussain, Steve Vai, Guthrie Govan, Mike Stern, Simon Phillips, Quincy Jones, Stanley Clark, Louis Banks, Ranjit Barot, uh, just to name a few. And in addition to that list, Mohini has worked with Indian artists, Hariharanji, Arijit Singh, Amit Rivedi, Benny Dayal, Shreya Goshal, and many more. She has featured in various prestigious magazines like Rolling Stones India, Forbes India, Telegraph, Bassist, etc. Mohini Day's TV work includes multiple seasons of both Coke Studio and MTV Unplugged. She also has an amazing podcast called Watermelophile wands that encompasses a heart to heart with the giants of the music industry. Exactly. And moreover, Mahini is always busy working. Uh, she has recently finished recording for Jan Rivera and has a music video of releasing and an album too, featuring some cool musicians. Uh, we are super delighted that she has taken out time to chat with us today. It's a real honor to welcome on the voice show, Mistress Mahini Day Hardsuch. Welcome. Hi. Hello, Mohini. Such a pleasure. Welcome to the Voice of Show. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you for today. having me. How do you feel and how's it going? What's happening? Everything's good. Life is good. It's been already, it's already been one year since I've been married. Married life is great. Uh, been uh, traveling recently a lot and uh, a lot of. Uh, recording sessions uh, on the fly and uh, yeah 
I think cool. in the past few years, I've become more of a recording artist than touring musician. <laughs> yeah. Right. Also, right, not to right. forget, everybody was working from home also. So. True. 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 And, you know, first of all, we really enjoyed the Crack Drill Jam video that you guys put out last week. And it's truly kick-ass. You guys are, you know, you guys play really awesome. And Mark and Gino Banks. And do you guys jam really often? And uh, how does it feel to be surrounded by guys who are just as crazy about music and creative as you are? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, back in the days we used to, now I sound like a 70-year-old back in the days, but um, <laughs> because in my head I am old, uh, but uh, when I started out in the music industry, when I was nine, I was playing a lot. Uh, I would jam a lot. I was just, uh, you know, playing with different set of musicians, different set of bands. Uh, it's good to have experience in different uh, types of lineups because you get exposed and you expose yourself to uh, different types of environments and in result you gain a lot of, gain a lot of knowledge um so yeah in those sure. days i used to jam a lot but over the years because you yourself become so busy doing your own thing um it becomes tougher it becomes more difficult to hang with people and it becomes more difficult to plan things so um what we have been doing lately is that we just came i mean i and my uh, husband mark we just came back from los angeles into mumbai and we bought this house so we're moving yeah. and so the house stuff is going we're micromanaging a lot of things but i have my recording sessions he has his recording sessions he has some gigs lined up and i have some gigs lined up so all that is happening so we decided mark had this idea of uh, just going into gino's den and doing this duo project with gino uh, i was mm -hmm. not in the picture but he said hey i've made these songs over the years and i just made a couple uh in the past few weeks and uh, i have planned to just go to gino's den and uh, just record these songs uh, maybe one or two a day uh, i was like oh that's a cool yeah. idea um i would love to join in and he's like yeah you know i had this idea in my mind but the recording kind of becomes difficult uh it, it's a small room just like my studio you know when you want to record like three or four musicians in one room like yeah. this um you if you don't have like um the right head preamp for the in years then every musician cannot get an individual mix so we kind of right. had to share one overall universal mix so if i'm yeah. hearing the bass loud everybody else is going to hear the bass loud so everybody shared yeah. a universal mix and we recorded those songs so we finished like uh two or three songs i think we're gonna do the third one day after tomorrow i think uh so what we do is we wow. just go into the studio uh, mark plays the song we learn the song together we learn the song in an hour we uh, do the first take if it's not good we chuck it we still keep the take just for listening purposes we listen to it and like oh we could do better in this section and then we go for the second take and that's the best take so we keep that so we're doing video and audio at the same time so we go in we learn the song it's more like a learning session for all the all the three of us and 
putting right. ourselves on the spot and challenging ourselves on the spot to record two or three songs a day sometimes, you know. So um, we hmm. have just started this project as a trio and uh, we are continuing uh, to do this and hopefully we'll have like 10 or 11 songs and then we can tour with this trio. That's the plan. Oh, wow. That's wow. So yeah. That sounds in the really midst fantastic. of everything, in the midst of yeah. everything you know, that we're already <laughs> exactly. doing, like it was not enough, but mm. uh, it's a cool idea, Mark had, and I squeezed myself into it uh, uh, because it was a very um, experimental project and nobody is doing this. And Mark being such an asset to India, nobody plays the horn sure. like he does. So yeah. uh, nobody plays the sax oh, like yeah. he does and he does horn arrangements like nobody does. And I adore and uh, get inspired the way he writes songs. And he, um, every time he is in my studio when I'm recording for clients or making songs or producing for some artists, he will pick up some things and vice versa. When I'm right. in a studio, I'll pick up some things and it's like, oh, that's cool the way you do that. So it's an exchange of, um, ideas and uh, learning experiences true he plays sexy i mean i'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> he's amazing he's amazing indeed yeah. and uh, cool sound you guys have truly amazing thank you yeah well we wish you the best of luck uh, regarding that project and uh, indeed. so i want to spiral down uh, from there to your childhood because kids like gino banks and you You've had such a phenomenal childhood and have, have seen success like no other kids. So you grew up in a musical family. Your dad himself is a bass player. Well, mm -hmm. could you describe your childhood? How did your journey begin? I think by now everybody knows my story. But um, just to uh, sum it up in, in a short uh, passage, um, I started learning the bass when I was three years old. Uh, my dad was... Uh, recording for a lot of artists and recording for a lot of movies and jingles. And he would take me, he would hold my hand and he would take me into studios so that I could hear him play the bass. So I was always hanging out in these studios and uh, seeing him record for different artists. And he would always ask me to play something in front of his friends. Uh, yeah, that's my mom and that's my dad. I don't know, I'm probably five there or something. And my sister is like three there. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we didn't have a lot of money back then, but my dad worked really, really hard and, um, provided for the family and made sure that I and my sister studied in the biggest school in our ward. Um, and, um, we would take our studies very seriously. We had a very strict lifestyle. My parents never encouraged us to have friends or uh, to go to movies or hang out. We had a very, very tight schedule, waking up 5.30 a.m. in the morning, uh, school hours till 12 p.m., and then coming back home, uh, taking a shower, have your lunch, and then, you know, my private tutor would come and teach me for like three hours or so. Then after she leaves, leaves, I would do her homework and then not to forget school homework is separate. So it's like going to two schools. Uh, mm -hmm. But I was very fortunate to have a private tutor come to home, come to my house and teach me. So um, yeah, and then after I finished my homework, I would do my music practice, have my dinner and then go back to practicing music. The nights when my dad would not be present, he would, uh, whenever he would come back, at whenever time in night at night time he would come back home he would wake me up and he would give me my lesson so i've never missed a lesson 
uh, he would always make sure he would give me my lesson. And if he, uh, if some days are missed, then he would always ask me to listen to music and go to sleep. So I would always have my Walkman on. You, you know, in those days, you would have these CD players and you can plug your in-ears and you can hear. Right. So uh, I would have a CD player. It was called Walkman in those days. So I would yeah. have that. And um, we would have DVD players and he would play all these um, jazz records and, uh, you know, uh, fusion records. And he would play me Aldi Miola. He would play me Michael Mandarin, um, Abraham Laboreal and a lot of bands like, you know, Chick Corea, wow. the Electric Band and Weather Report and Johnny Mitchell, like uh, like a ray of just incredible musicians and seeing their musicianship really um fascinated me and uh, I developed the interest for music much later though. Uh, I always wanted mm -hmm. to, I was always creative and I was always playing with colors and um, paint brushes and um, cutting up mom's saris and making uh, outfits and stuff. I always was very, very creative and wanted to do something in the art field, creative field. So that was always there with me. But music, for music, I think the interest came much later. It came when I started enjoying the attention from people. When I started realizing people loved hearing me play. People loved watching me play. And I really enjoyed the spotlight. And that's when I started right. really getting into music and uh, making myself better. And the more musicians I played with, um, the better I got. And like I said, you know, playing in different types of setups and lineups and uh, playing in the Carnatic world, playing in the Hindustani world, playing in the jazz circuit, playing in clubs, all these different types of setups really, really um, made me realize what are the um, uh, corners I need to work on. And I would come back home, sometimes mm -hmm. even record those. So I was learning in the process of playing mm -hmm. with these musicians. To them, I was incredible. But for me personally, I knew what I needed to do and what personally yeah. I knew what are the boxes I need to step on and make myself even better. When I would hear musicians like Zakirji play, Sridhar Parthasarthi play, Selva Ganesh play, um, so many other Mridangam um, players, Kanjira players, Morsing players. Yeah. I love the percussive aspect of um, those instruments and I wanted to sound like them. So I developed technique to sound like them, them on the bass. Um, I would uh, construct exercises so um, I could be better not only in uh, you know um, the percussive element of the technical subject on my bass, but also uh, be better at harmony, you know, reading and everything. So simultaneously, a lot of things were happening with my school. So I really had no time to play with kids, you know, yeah. maybe like Saturday. Yeah maybe like Sunday mm -hmm. once in like four weeks, you know? Um, right. And another thing was that uh, in my building that I used to live in, I when I used to live with my parents, I moved out when I was 17. I got my own place mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I, I just needed my private space and was doing my own thing. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted to do everything myself. Yeah. I think every kid goes right. through that phase when they're like, mom i want to get out of the house i don't want to live here anymore right, you yeah. know so that was my face but um when i was uh, living with my parents in that building and whenever they would allow me to go out and play with the kids um the thing was that my friend's group 
had only boys. There were no girls in the building for oh, some yeah. reason. There was one girl mm -hmm. who was the, who used to be my best friend, and then she um, moved out or something, and then we just lost touch. So the people that I would play cricket and football with, I, I ended up playing boys' games because they're boys, you know? Uh, so sure. I was playing cricket and football with them. Um, and I think uh, I, I always had that little bit of that tomboy nature from the very start. And then there was a phase where it was like, ah, I like eyelashes. I want to play with makeup. I want to play with, you know, uh, clothes. And I want to dress up sexy. I love this. And and then came a point it was like a mix of everything. So I think we I heard you. I heard, I, I heard you like bunnies as well. Oh, I love bunnies and I love those teacup <laughs> pigs, man. Those teacup pigs yeah. are the cutest thing in the world. Lately, I have an obsession over teacup pigs. <laughs> yeah, I told Mark, babe, I want a teacup pig. And he was like, babe, we're always traveling. Who would keep our teacup pig? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to have dogs, but, um, you know, I had one was a rescue that I had rescued and uh, she uh, found a home luckily so she has been taken already and the one that was mine which was a chow chow she has been taken uh by my parents yeah those are those little babies of mine so the chow is still with my mom and my mom has kidnapped uh, her she cool. won't return my dog back <laughs> yeah. okay cool yeah so uh good funky so I, I wanted to ask you what made you choose uh, bass uh, specifically because as much as I know not many Indian women choose to play bass but did you actually choose to play bass or did you have to because your parents were strict and all that? Um, so, you know, my dad always had plans of having kids, uh, two kids always, and he wanted them, either it's a girl or a guy, uh, a girl or a boy, he wanted the kids to play some instrument okay mm -hmm. um uh, essentially he wanted um one to play the bass and the other one to play the drums so for the longest time my sister was learning to play the drums and uh, i was learning to play the bass uh but i never enjoyed it it was forced mm -hmm. at first you know um mm -hmm. it was uh, i was um you know, terrified every time he would give me a lesson and he would make me practice. And he'd be like, no, you have to do this right. You have to do this right. I'm like, oh, like two hours of just <laughs> torture, you know, but every day. And I got better. I got better. Everything was good. But like I said, I only developed interest around the age of 10. I would mm -hmm. say when I started getting attention, uh, what made me choose the bass? I did not choose the bass because bass was the only instrument lying in the house and hanging on the walls, uh, it just happened, you know? So if my dad was a drummer, probably I would have been a drummer yeah. because of dad's plans. Um, yeah. His plan worked out, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, we see. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of the same stories in Indian houses, probably, because my dad is a guitarist. I became mm -hmm. a guitarist. That's so. great. <laughs> yeah, same I story. my 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 uh ideology is that you should not force anyone to do anything make it more fun obviously yeah but again they were first time parents you know um parents also make mistakes and uh like just like how we make mistakes and it's totally fine you know could they have done it in a different way yes they could have 
but uh, they did they, they did their best and it turned out good um i turned oh, out yeah. to be a musician but i could have been a fashion designer you know um mm -hmm. there was a time uh, after my 12th board exams i was offered three golden opportunities and all of the three were incredible which was i um, got selected in the best fashion college i had applied for uh, i was getting a wow. scholarship from there and i was also getting a scholarship from berkeley college of music in boston full scholarship oh, yeah. and i got yeah. a call to be a part of ar rahman's band so all of the three opportunities were great and i was confused what sure. to do because fashion was always behind my mind and music was not something I enjoyed doing, but started to enjoy at that same time. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, yeah. that's a tough decision. And there, then I have this full scholarship from Berkeley College of Music, which is like, you know, so hard to get for people. So, True. yeah, so uh, I think um, looking at what I am today and all the things that I have today, uh, I think everything worked out for the best. Um, I chose to be in AR's band and that opened me a lot of doors. So I'm very, very grateful to AR and I'm very grateful to Ranjit uncle who saw my talent and uh, him being my dad's friend. Uh, he got to meet me because of my dad. You know, he, when my dad took him, took me to Ranjit uncle's studio, he saw uh, and heard my playing and he was uh, very surprised and he took me under his wings and I would go there almost every other week and just play with him. Uh, got so much right. better just playing with him. My time got better so much playing with him. And then he would put me in different uh, bands so that I could expose myself to different uh -huh. uh, types of music. And uh, yeah, so, you know, Ranjit Uncle um, plays a huge role. He's just like my second father. He plays a huge role in my life. Um, yeah. and playing in AR's band, uh, like I said, opened me a lot of doors. Um, after I started playing with um, AR and uh, started playing in his band, um, I've been a part of AR's band for the past eight and a half years, you know, and um, mm -hmm. starting with Coke Studio for MTV mm -hmm. Channel. That was yeah. my first uh, TV work for him, but I had done a recording session um, unknowingly for AR before this Coke Studio session, which I had True. not known about at that time, but got to know much later that it was AR's song that I recorded for <laughs> Um, which was in Lekar Ham Devana Dil movie, and the song was called Two Shining. So that was the first song I had worked wow, on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then this Coke Studio thing happened. And um, then just, uh, you know, the rest of the story with AR is just has been it's it's been an adventure. You know, I've worked for his private sure. projects. I've worked for his uh, movies some of his movies i've also worked um you know for all his live shows and then i think yeah. um last to last year i started uh to prioritize some other things because um there's always a learning curve and then when you get to a point in your life when it's when you realize okay there are other things that you want to do also you know right um, right you know so then i started uh just going out and traveling more and people wanted to play with me there are uh, there were a lot of calls that i was getting uh and i was turning them down because i was playing with ar but it was yeah, time for right. me to 
take up those opportunities. And I always wanted to be my own musician. I always wanted to have my own band and I always wanted to do my own music and do festival shows. And I'm so yeah. grateful and fortunate that I am my own musician today and I am able to tour with my band and do these big shows and close festivals and do my own stuff, you know? Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, all thanks to the whole journey that I've had, it wouldn't have been possible without playing with all these musicians and all the names that you took in the start, you know? Indeed. Uh, so Indeed. without those um, opportunities, I wouldn't have been me today. Um, right. But yeah, there are right. decisions and uh, um, there are there are decisions that you have to, there are tough decisions that you have to make sometimes and that really can change your future. Um, yeah, indeed. There's, yeah. You also have to listen to your intuition, I guess. Absolutely. Big time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you speak of uh, working with legends like Mr. A.R. Rahman, I want to know what what is it that, you know, you guys talk about when it comes to music making? And first of all, he's a very soft-spoken person. So... Uh, you know what what makes him talk like what gets him talking and what is it that you guys talk about in general or when it comes to music making what is your process uh you know when i started working with ar i was very similar to ar's personality now i talk a mm -hmm. lot but <laughs> yeah, okay. when i started playing with ar I was very much like him. I would not talk much at all. I would do all the talking right. through my playing. I remember this one time when we were working for a Coke Studio session and there was this song called Zaria. And Zaria. Uh, I don't know if you have heard the song, but if you have, you will hear this part uh, of bass, which goes like little bass solo kind of intro thing that happens right. before. Yeah. yeah. So that section uh, was never there because um, we were making music um, in this one room in Whistling Woods, uh, planning and arranging all these songs like Nanye and Zaria and uh, Jagao Miradez with Sivamani in the room, Keba, Prasanna, uh, all incredible yeah. musicians that I was working with for the first time. But remember, these musicians have worked with AR for a long time before that. You know, oh, yeah. I was the oh, only yeah. one who was new uh, to that mm. to that setup that AR wanted. Um, uh, I remember when he walked in um, to the room and he came to me and he said, um, you know, I was going to get Tal Wokenfield for this episode, but when I heard your playing, I only wanted you. And that was a big compliment ah. for me, you know. Um, and being, being what? I was only 16 that time, I think. Um, yeah. Hearing that from AR, it was like, that's that's really nice you know that was very nice of him to say that and it made me happy it made me smile um yeah but like i said i wouldn't talk much so i was kind of like him in those days uh because i didn't want to be misunderstood or i didn't want to give the impression right. of being overconfident because hey you're 16 and you talk too much <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> you know uh and of course you know it's a respect thing there's sivamani prasanna keba all of these guys you know uh they're all very very uh respectable Giants. musicians and yeah oh, great yeah. musicians and have worked with ar and so many others 
so me going into that space, I have to be very disrespectful and not say anything that I regret later, you know, uh, even if it's right. just musical something like, hey, we could do this. But if I say, hey, we could do this, it's like, huh, still the tone <laughs> matters, you know, there are a lot of things yeah. that gets counted. Because you are being met for the very first time, you know, your personality oh, matters, yeah. your confidence matters, everything matters. And I was very You're shy right. at that age. I was very, very shy. Uh, so anyway, sure. so talking about Zaria, when we were arranging that song from scratch, yeah. AR had some ideas. And then uh, I remember Prasanna uh, had some ideas mm. and they were just exchanging those idea ideas. And there was this one mm. point where everybody just, you know, stopped and they didn't know what to do there. And uh, mm -hmm. me being shy, I didn't know how to say it. So I just started playing that part. And AR heard that and he said, let's do that. So he ah. understood that I wanted to talk, but because I'm shy, I cannot really say anything. So I'm just going to play. Yeah. <laughs> so I started yeah. playing and he said, let's do that. And that's how right. that part got uh, introduced to, uh, introduced into Zaria. Um, Zaria. And then wow. I remember during the shooting, um, in real in reliance studio where it was shot was it reliance yeah i think it was reliance uh okay. so when we were shooting for the song i remember it felt a little bit short that space so i said yeah, yeah why don't you take a little uh solo yourself before i solo so you take eight bars i take eight bars so he oh. said okay let's try it and then we tried it and then the eight bars of ar's Right. Uh, rolling keyboard solo where he does and then my bass solo so that's how it came about you know uh so there were right. a lot of moments that were special like that uh, i remember jagao mera this uh there is that little unison bit which is very challenging to play prasanna made that line and um I, ar was just wow. like hey take why don't you go make a line with mohini um and then come back and i'll work on the coda or something the outro of the song so prasanna and i sat on the staircase in whistling woods and he was uh, showing me these lines he was making them and he's like huh how does this sound can you play this can you play that and i was a very very quick learner and challenging things was wow. my jam you know uh so i picked yeah. it up really quick and i was like hey can we do this note instead of this so i was also proposing some ideas and he really liked that um and then we came up with that line um it goes like right. So it was a very kind of conical based ish line with, with jazz yeah. phrasing, uh, which AR True. loved and it made its way in Jagamira this. Um, so yeah, some stories Fantastic. for the listeners out there. Beautiful yeah, story. indeed. Yeah. These are incredible stories. I mean, that's just fabulous. <laughs> yeah, so to answer your question, what do we talk about? We hardly talk. Cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, when we are on stage and we are when we are touring, I remember when doing the North American tour, uh, he would sometimes come on stage and he would just be like, what's going on in your life? What are you doing? What are the other projects you're doing? So he would always want to know what you're up to. And oh, um, cool. that yeah, that's really nice. And sometimes he'll pass jokes on stage. And uh, yeah, sometimes wow. he'll just start playing on stage and he'll take my name and make it fun, you know. 
um right, he's right. very musical and he's a very creative mind and he's very jolly and um but yeah there were there are moments when he's gotten mad because something didn't go his way or some technical issue right. happened and then he will get mad you know because it's his show and he wants it to be perfect and True. um so Fair. of course Fair. me and the band has seen that side also um but um, <laughs> but it all it all comes down to one thing mood yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's only fair. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's that was ending. in uh, <laughs> Australia. Yeah, that was in Australia. Oh wow! Okay. On a private uh, cruise, he treated the band on a private oh, cruise. Ooh. Yeah, so we were just hanging so cool. in the cruise, eating some nice food and just talking, hanging. Cool. Okay, so that brings me to ask you, what's your favorite cuisine? Oh, so see, I love Indian food. Okay, I, I, I love American food also, but it's a little too bland for me. I think it lacks a little ah. bit of spice. Uh, so yeah. I am always going to be a fan of Indian food, and of course, there are so many subdivisions in Indian food. I, I love yeah. Bengali food. I love South Indian food. I love Konkani food, Maharashtrian food, Punjabi, everything. I mean there's it's really hard it's because so many these things are so different from each other you know it's really really hard um Indeed. but yeah i am a carnivore i only eat meat so that's ah. i don't <laughs> eat vegetables okay At okay cool cool that's interesting cool. yeah okay and, uh, people well, ask me where do i get the energy for playing bass i say meat <laughs> yeah makes sense uh, meet me so, you'll know meet okay cool <laughs> uh before you proceed funky we have to mention this and a very special thanks to mr stuham for oh, yes. connecting us with mohini <laughs> so he was here on the voice it show and he was the one uh, to connect us with you. So, yeah, Mrs. Stu Ham has been one this. of my biggest. Stu Ham has been one of my biggest idols. My bad. My my dad actually is a bigger fan of Mr. Stu. Uh, for me, really? Stu is just you know he's been one of the biggest inspirations and um, one of the uh, bass players that I have looked up to uh, from all the right. others like. Uh, like, uh, you know, Stanley Clark, Victor Wooten, Jacob Astorius, um, so many. Right. It just goes on. And in uh, today's right. times, um, Hadrian Ferrod is on the top of the list and Anton David Jans, Federico Malaman. There are so many other rock wow. bass players, actually, that I really have enjoyed listening to in the past uh, few months called Ricky Bonazio. Yeah, Billy Sheehan oh, is incredible yeah. from the from that era. Uh, but in in the 21st century, uh, there are some new bass players like John Ferreira, Ricky Bonazzo, um, oh, yeah. Char Charles Berthoud, um, who else? Yeah, I mean, the, the list is just, with the social media world, it's just so many that just comes up, you know. Mm. Um, have you listened day. to Mohini Day? Oh, yeah, I have. have. You, you know, she yeah, talks yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah. That's her problem. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the F up. No, that's not a good thing. At all, yes. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't really okay. like her. Yeah, she talks too much. Yeah. No, nah, come on. 
Oh, Honestly, okay, proceed with your question. Well, if you ask me, it's a very good thing that you talk a lot because imagine if you came on the show, we ask you something, you say two things, and that's it. <laughs> it yeah, it's an amazing right. thing. So, you mentioned that uh, you learn, you also learn by observing your husband play, but what are some things that you have learned just by observing the people like A.R. Rahman, Steve Vai, and the others who you played with? Patience. Patience is a, a big thing that I've learned, I think, over the years playing with AR. He has the biggest patience I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and he also has a lot of uh, interest in trying out new musicians, which is really great. I think uh, a lot more people should do that and bring in newer musicians, bring in younger musicians and give them opportunities, um, which I really love about AR that he does you know uh very few people do that so that's mm. one quality that i really love of him and i love how down to earth he is and how humble he is uh, apart from being an incredible musician he treats everybody the same nobody mm -hmm. is very special for him you know everybody's special right yeah do you like what do you learn from steve Vai? oh steve Vai. um Man, uh, I've hung out a couple of times with him, once at his house at a party, and a couple wow. of times backstage before playing with him, uh, three or mm -hmm. four times. Uh, one for ja Mama Jamathan, and um, and then one in Shillong, one in Pune. Yeah, so that left picture was taken uh, at the Mama Jamathan that he personally invited me for. We were raising funds for... I think uh, yeah. for disabled people, for kids yeah. who can't hear and stuff. And that was really nice. And the right one is from Shillong or Pune, I can't remember. But I'm wearing a sweatshirt that it shows it was really cold. So I think it was uh, Shillong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Steve Vai, he, again, very, very down to earth, very, very humble, very jolly, very loving, has a great personality and uh, a creative, a mastermind. Um, I love how open he is, open minded he is. And I love that he loves Indian music and he always is open to trying out different things. Um, and um, I love that he called me to be a part of his album, Bob, and that's the first song on his modern primitive album. And I was very grateful for that opportunity um, to have played on his album. It's one of the biggest achievements, you know? And he played on my song, Can You Feel Me? So that was another great thing. Um, yeah, I just love how uh, all these musicians yeah. have showed such, um, such an uh, such a open hearted interest you know and such a, sure. it shows how much they love me and how much they respect my talent how much they respect me not just as a musician but as a person they see my hard work and i think i i because every time i work people see how hard working i am and i go sleepless nights without eating sometimes and just working um sometimes life gets really hard and i am just very very dedicated and sincere to my work and people like them have seen that i remember being on ar stage and doing something else completely you know making charts for another artist you know right, and AR right. coming up on the side and seeing those charts you know 
and then he's like oh whose are those charts and i'm like oh this is a project that i'm doing you know so i would switch in and out between his songs rehearsals and something that i was doing you know so they see how sincere i am and they see how i have the experience of fluctuating between different situations that shows the amount of experience that i've had over the years and uh, i think they just respect that and i love that they see me and see my heart sure. you know oh yes indeed and i would just say india is proud of you and as an indian i mean i just want to say on behalf of all indians that you make india proud so thank you that is Thank very you. very nice i'm very <laughs> flattered and yeah i just keep working i don't expect anything i also like i said you know how these people are open minded and open to giving chances to younger musicians i do the same now you know i see a musician right. and i want to collaborate with that person i am at a position right now where i can say you know what i don't want to be a part of this project i don't like the music you know mm -hmm. but when right. i like somebody's music and the person has no funds i will do it because i see the potential in that person and i see that this can go somewhere and i would like to support it and i other hand i also encourage other young musicians to do the same mm -hmm. and be your person mm -hmm. and you know pass it on right right yeah that's brilliant that's brilliant okay now here's my steve vai story okay so because uh steve vai was coming to india and of course you played with him both the shows and i didn't know this so i was doing engineering and uh i was attending my college and i i mean steve vai is god to me i mean i, I just worship the man and one of my friends came and he said you know what how was it and i'm like what he's like you didn't go i said where he says dude steve i was in pune and i like what because pune is just like 3 hours 3 4 hours from my place and i was mm. like you i mean i couldn't believe and my heart just sank and i came home sad just in the same place and i was like i didn't go to college for 3 days i was like dude <laughs> <laughs> what the heck so yeah. we've had to date we have jeremy colson on the podcast we've had belishian stuham yeah. mr alex dipe uh now we've had you some day i think we might have steve i don't know <laughs> but slowly reaching know. up there you never know so yeah. he just uh uh he was going to tour amazing. but now he's not going to do the tour because he just had a surgery so i think surgery. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so i keep things keep happening <laughs> Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Um so you mentioned uh Shilong so I want to ask you about the experience there playing with Steve Vai and you mentioned that it was really cold so what did you do in that situation So we didn't have any rehearsals it was a last minute idea you know um I was already playing with my band at the end at seven weekender um was I playing with my band or Vidhu's band I think I was playing with 
Ridu's band. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had my own band's performance somewhere around uh, in the same time period. Anyway, so I was like in and out between different setups and it was a lot of traveling, you know. But uh, I saw that Steve Vai was performing and we were talking about some project. And while in conversation, um, the Senate 7 Weekender popped up and I said, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. be there. And he was excited to know that I was going to be there. And he said, why don't you come play on one song? Uh, I was like, yeah, sure. And um, uh, I asked him, what song do you want me on? And uh, he uh, sent me a link to his album, just a song. I forgot the name of Mm. the song. But um, he said, uh, it's going to be a different arrangement. But basically, I'll just call you on stage and then you do a solo and then just end the song. Uh, with the band so i was like okay cool and okay. so I, so i had an idea of the parts a little bit just towards the end but no rehearsals uh-huh. and a different arrangement so it was all like okay i don't i i don't know you know this is gonna be interesting so i um did the performance on the other stage at nh7 weekender and then i uh took a car because you know, those stages in NH7 Weekender are far apart, like very far. Oh, yeah. So so I did my performance and then the car took me to Steve Vai's, uh, the stage, which was the Bacardi stage, I think. Yeah, and, yeah, Bacardi. Um, yeah, so went there. They were already on stage playing. And um, Thomas Nordig was there, uh, who is his guitar tech. And, tech, um, yeah. Yeah, and Steve Vai's uh, manager was there, so I knew him, and I, I came backstage, and I was just standing there, and he said, just after this song, you will go on, and I was just mm-hmm. standing there. Now, you have to understand, like, waiting backstage and listening to this huge sound, it's like, oh, mm. okay, butterflies, yeah. and that was the first time <laughs> I had butterflies in my stomach, you know? because no rehearsals it's not like i've never done shows without rehearsals i have that happens all the time in carnatic worlds but this was a little different you know because there are parts and there are this is a song song and then he has his part so i don't want to overstep on those also but i remember one thing he said he said he's gonna call me and then i'm gonna solo do my own thing and then he's going to cue and we just jam and then we'll end the song I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Those are the pointers I had. So he gives a introduction. And the moment he... Now, nobody saw this coming, right? Nobody had any idea that I was going to be playing with Steve Vai. Yeah. I never was that active on social media in those days. So nobody knew. I would have posted something, but I hmm. wasn't very active in those days. So I never posted also. So nobody had no idea. It was like a surprise to the audience. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew, like, you know, like you just said, like Indian musicians know me and people in India yeah. know me. But because yeah. I already did a gig there, nobody had any idea that I would play with Steve Vai also, you know. So when I came, when he introduced and everybody was shocked to hear that, and I think Steve said something like, I'm a motherfucker on the bass or something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. everybody in the crowd yeah. just went like crazy. And they started yelling my name. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Butterflies <laughs> are going to come out of my ass. And then I would need to sit down. <laughs> I need to calm. I need to be calm. So I breathe in. I breathe out. And then I go on stage. And I just play. And then 
he jams with me. Everybody's going crazy. Huge. So I, you have to understand, I didn't even have sound check, right? So the sound in my cans <sighs> are haywire. It's not that great, wow. you know? So all I'm God. hearing is a little bit of the track and see. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Just that. Right. I need I needed more drums. So I kept telling, I need more drums, I need more drums. But right. show must go on. So you know, no the time for that. Gone. True. So I just played and everybody loved it and we jammed. We did that little chugal bandi there and uh, ended the show yeah. with Philip Bino on bass and myself on bass. We played the parts together. He was playing in the yeah. lower octave, I played in the higher octave. And it was a big sound, you know, having two bass players. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> it sounded really good. And the first performance with him, I got a vibe of it, right? So the second right. one that I did, so Pune was first. And second was Shillong, yeah. I think. So the oh. Shillong one, I was I didn't have any butterflies because by, by that time, I was more comfortable. And it was like, okay, now I know the drill. So second one was much better than the Pune one. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool, it just gets cool. better. So that was my experience. But uh, yeah, he gave me God. a huge hug after the show. And he said, I can't wait to see you again. Whenever you're oh, in yeah. the US, come over. And yeah, we, we exchange emails. We talk. I share my work with him. And cool, he helps cool. me. You know, sometimes his clients will hit me up for recording sessions and Right. Yeah, it's right. it's been great. Yeah, he's um he's true. He's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, in every sense. And you know, there's this huge spectrum of artists, artists like ARM and Steve Y, Guthrie Govan, and then suddenly there's the Japanese uh, rock band Bees. Like, how did you end up with Bees? I got an email from the band's manager and I thought it was some spam. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so I didn't reply for a week and then they sent me a second email. I was like, oh, okay, it's legit. But I didn't know how big the band was. I mean, how can I know a Japanese band? Like I'm from India yeah. and I'm hearing like jazz bands from America. I've never heard Japanese music before, you know? <laughs> so uh, they sent a link after I asked, like, can I see some shows? So they sent me a link. They sent me a private link and I checked it out. I was like, whoa, this is big. They're a big band. Right. And I looked them up. They were they are the biggest band in Japan. I was like, wow, this is great. And they wanted me to audition, which is mm -hmm. like a first time. Like I've never, I had never auditioned before that. So, but I know mm. why they wanted that. They wanted to see me. They told me specifically, like, it's not like we don't know you can play. We know you can play, but we want to see the performance aspect. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, what, I don't know, 80,000, 90,000 people. Mm -hmm. And every show was mm. sold out. We did, like, 40 shows or something in the oh, span wow. of six months. Um, wow. Yeah, I love Japanese food also, speaking of Japan. Um, okay, coming back to that, <laughs> it just reminded me of miso soup and the sushi and the Japanese barbecue and all that. Suddenly mouth waters, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I, I told, they wanted three audition clips of three different songs. I was like, man, okay. I'm too busy. I, I don't know if I can do three. I can do two. So I gave them two audition uh -huh. clips. I did them and I sent it to them and they said, you're in. 
I didn't think I was going to be mm -hmm. in. I was just doing it okay. because it was fun for me to audition for the very first time. Yeah. Right. I didn't know how it works. So I ended up asking who are the other musicians auditioning? So she's like, uh, the manager was a woman. She's like, oh, we're not allowed to yeah. say that. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. Oh. I didn't know it was not allowed to say that. That's how it works. You, don't, you don't say who else is auditioning. Anyway, so mm -hmm. uh, it was for a new band that they wanted. It was called, they had planned it to name, they had planned to name it a whole lot of new love. So they wanted to record music for this new band and album that they wanted. So 2020 oh, yeah. or 2019, I think mm -hmm. 2020, around 2020, mm -hmm. um, when NAM was happening, I went to Beverly Hills. Uh, and I recorded uh, for seven songs for this band. They were in Los Angeles at NAMM. So wow. after the NAMM performances, I went there and I recorded. Uh, Brian Titchy was on drums, who is um, the drummer for Guns N' Roses and Whitesnake. And, oh, yeah. Hmm, this goes on. And then Sam Pomanti on keys, um, mm -hmm. who uh, also sings in the band. And then Whitey was the arranger slash composer of the band director of the band and then talk and mm -hmm. are obviously the founders of the band they are the stars and um yeah there you go um yeah that's right. a pretty cute picture that was actually during the recording session the that picture oh, oh wow yeah so cool mm -hmm. that was in los angeles yeah okay um okay yeah, they're very, very uh, organized people. Japanese are known to be very, very right. organized and very on time oh, yeah. and very scripted. Every night has to be the same. No room for, you know, um, uncertainty. Yeah. No room for something is going to be different, you know. Every night has yeah. to be the same. Every show has to be great, you know. Not bad, not yeah. greatest, great. Every show has mm -hmm. to be fair. So right. one thing different about this show was that um, the experience, the new experience that I never had before that collaboration with Bees was that I didn't know that I have to memorize 40 songs. So I was reading. God, so, yeah, yeah, the rotation. So, yeah, so I was reading all the charts uh, during the rehearsals. We had two weeks of rehearsals prior to the tour starting. And on the yeah. second last day of the rehearsal, the manager comes up to me and she says, how long are you going to use the charts for? I was like, uh, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, you can't use the charts, right? On stage. I was like, what are you saying? And she's like, yeah, you, you have to memorize this. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. This is new information. Okay. Let me use the charts right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the room. I'm going to stay up the night. I'm going to memorize them and come back tomorrow because tomorrow is the last day of the rehearsal. She said, yeah, God. I think. But you have to imagine how memorizing 40 songs in one night. It's unheard of. An all I, couldn't, I couldn't believe I myself. I could not believe myself that I did that, you know. I had nightmares. So after I was learning the songs, I was falling asleep and learning the songs, falling asleep, learning yeah, the songs, know. you know, and the then probably pause. got probably got like one hour of sleep uh, after just before, like getting out of the hotel, you know, going to the rehearsal uh, in that one hour of sleep. You have no idea what other things I saw. I saw my family's 
heads getting chopped off i saw i was dead oh. you know, like, yeah all this stuff like the stress level and the pressure was just mind blowing like my I, god people were getting killed in my dreams and stuff <laughs> and now imagine oh, having man. a rehearsal after that after having those yeah. nightmares you know so that was oh, uh, yeah. very very um, uh, it was oh, so you have to and go and play after this yeah 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 so i didn't My speak to God. nobody everybody was in shock everybody was like why is she so silent today uh, i did good i i played the songs i think some of the songs i was like my my bass tech uh, i told him i was like if i forget something i'll just look at you bring the chart for a second and then take it back so i play right. now we're performing also you have to remember like we are not just playing the song we are yeah, actually yeah. performing in the rehearsal room just like we would right. perform on stage you know on stage yeah so i'm like bring the chart please he's bringing <laughs> it i'm like okay good go and then i'm like performing you know and then we hit the stage we oh, hit the tour and then everything was fine uh everything was, everything went well and then yeah, uh, after first. like five or six shows i got more comfortable everything was in there you know no more charts no more needing of charts and no more like that nervous energy no more thinking was involved like oh what comes this oh shit i don't know what's coming up <laughs> i would mix up other songs like part with another song you know because you have to understand right. like i don't even understand the language so it's harder you know yeah and then i started True. singing in the band so after five six shows indeed i got so comfortable i was like hmm this is fun actually ah. you know uh, i could i could sing those parts and the singer was like he heard me i was just like kind of miming and just like kind of humming and when he was singing i was just like bah, 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 uh, <laughs> i don't know what it means but i'm just like saying shit i don't know and then he saw and he was like why don't you sing also i was like yeah I was like, yes, you should, you should sing. I was like, cool. So then I started singing. They gave me, there was this little screen. They said, for this uh -huh. gig, you can read, but from the next gig, you, you, you memorize the lyrics. Memorize. <laughs> yeah, so I still remember. I was like, so na koto kiki akita, choto zare nagari kosho. I think I fucked that up. Wow. But, uh, yeah, but that kind of, there yeah wow yeah wow but it's really fun Gosh. like it was challenging and there were parts which were like kind of crazy but uh but after it was comfortable it was the best time of my life i would kill to go back to japan again and do the same thing over again true but adds off to your dedication and efforts yeah. i mean gosh Salute, salute. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, we are almost hitting uh, the one hour mark. If you have Great, to go. Great, I'm getting hungry. We, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's 11.30 p.m. almost uh, in yes. India. So uh, That's right. we will end this interview on this note, but, but uh, we do have questions. So if you may you know, we'd request you if you'd want to come back again sometime in the future, you're welcome on the voice of show again. So, oh, that's sweet. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, just one last question for our fans, your fans that are watching or listening, what advice would you like to give them? 
be yourself, be independent, don't depend on anyone and don't give or allow someone to um, make yourself feel a certain way. Always remember that destiny and power is in your hand and, you know, believe in your intuition and um, don't give another person the power to rule your mind because that's a big thing, you know. Um, and uh, be dedicated, be whatever you want to be in life, whatever you want to do in life, be dedicated and completely devote yourself uh, to that and um, be organized and consistent is the key to success. So wow, that's that. There you go. <laughs> Wise words. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you leave, for our viewers and listeners, if you want to connect with Mohini, these are her socials above on Instagram. Yeah, I, don't, I don't use Twitter, so Facebook and Instagram is the best. Yeah. Cool. So you can connect with her. And of course, all these links are in the description of this video. So you can find the other links like YouTube and Spotify as well. So thank you, everybody, awesome. for tuning in. And uh, Special thanks to Mohini. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And uh, we wish you all the best for your projects, ongoing projects and future projects as Thank well. Thank you. And we'd love Thank to see you. you again. And you bring so much pride to the nation and uh, you bring so much joy with your music in our lives. So thank you and Thank you. we are proud of you. Keep doing it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. much. Have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Tom. Okay. See you all. Peace to all. And ciao for now. Yeah.